0: gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadan. All right, look, I have consistently said, fan, how you want a fan? If you want to have an opinion, that's cool, man. I'm, 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 I might not agree with you, but whatever. But there's, there's, there's a line in which you cross over that you are clearly not being rational. And if you inject your emotional nonsense and try to make it rational, it, it, it I, I'm probably not going to be all right with it. If you're using that to continuously slander the Green Bay Packers, slander Brian Gutekunst because you can't let go of the fact that we drafted Jordan Love, there reaches a point where you cross a line and I get really upset. And, and today is one of those days where I'm very upset. I'm already completely tired of the Jordan Love conversation. I've already said, even if the guy busts out, there are way worse picks than Jordan Love. Because if you're going to bust, it's better to bust on possibly getting the next great quarterback than busting on a freaking linebacker. Arguably the best linebacker drafted last year was the guy the Packers took in the fifth round. If you're going to miss, miss big. I don't think there's any possibility that anybody on earth could ever make the case if 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 Jordan Love was the worst quarterback ever it's still not the biggest miss this past year and we've got Jonathan Jones never heard of him in my life but somebody felt the need to put a blue check mark next to his name senior oh my goodness senior NFL reporter for CBS Sports CBS Sports HQ CBS Sports Net what the heck is the difference dude it's CBS stop freaking flexing Dude, I write for CBS. I freaking write for CBS. Dude, I write for CBS. Whatever he put his his whatever. And again, you want to have opinions, that's fine. But this is the dumbest take. The dumbest take. He says, and and, and I had to check the date cuz I was like, all right, well, let's go back a little bit. Green Bay picking Jordan Love was the worst pick of the first round last year. It remains the worst pick of the year a year later. And a year from now, it will continue to be the worst pick. That's stupid. I, I don't understand the obsession with this. I just don't get it. What is everybody's frickin' problem? We, listen, start saving these. Because if Jordan Love is takes over for Aaron Rodgers and is the next great Green Bay Packer quarterback, some people are going to have to delete their accounts. And we have exactly about five minutes of Jordan Love information in the NFL. We have about 5 minutes of tape watching him throw at nets. That's the entirety of the information we have about him. We don't even know he was a bad pick yet. And we got people declaring, mostly Packer fans, but apparently Mr. CBS 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 is is very confident. But it it goes beyond just the stupidity of calling somebody a bust that hasn't been given an opportunity yet. And by the way, There's a very good reason he hasn't been given an opportunity. Raise your hand if you have an idea why he hasn't been given an opportunity. You might have to think about this one for a while. I'm not even going to play the music. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like going and finding it. Anybody have any ideas? What might be causing that? There are certain players that can't get on the field, and there are reasons why guys can't get on the field. One of those reasons is an injury. Another of those reasons might be that you aren't good enough, prepared enough. Or a third might be that there is a Hall of Fame player in front of you, and there's really only one position. It's not like wide receiver we can throw you out there once in a while. Quarterback is the only one that you're going to be out there for. So if you've got a Hall of Famer or guys that are really good in front of you, maybe you're not quite getting an opportunity or some kind of combination in between. We have no idea what Jordan Love is. None. And I had somebody, obviously Mr. Negative, send this to me as sort of a gotcha, right? A blue check mark said it, so he agrees with me. The insanity of this tweet is insane. Let's start off with the absolute obvious. The absolute obvious here, and and again, if this was some random Twitter troll, not worth bringing it up. But again, how many times have I said the media, the media, the media? If you got a blue check mark, if you work for CBS or ESPN or whatever, I expect better of you. Maybe I shouldn't. But the fact that you're going to have guys and and girls that have 20 followers on Twitter that watch 5% of the amount of football and engage in 5% of the amount of of content as you do and interact with far less people than you do. I, I, I mean, this is your daily life. You do this for a living, and this is what you come away with. This is the best your brain can process. You have an entire day dedicated to the NFL. I don't even have that. I get a couple hours. And after all that information gets put in front of you, this is what your big, powerful processor, processor of a brain sh- spits out? Again, let's start with the absolute obvious here. Was Jordan Love the worst pick in the first round? Very, very simple way to, to quantify this. Which players would be the hardest to trade? Of all the first-round prospects, which ones would be the hardest to trade, or which ones would yield the least well, I've got two pretty solid answers that would be worse than Jordan Love, at least. Number one, Isaiah Wilson, picked number 29 by the Tennessee Titans, offensive tackle out of Georgia, who is out of the NFL because he is out of his mind. I don't know what his problem is. He's out there. I don't know. He's weird. He's a little selfish and childish, and he doesn't go to practice, and he doesn't care or whatever. He's out of the NFL. He's never going to play again. What do you think the trade value is for a guy like that? Oh wait, you can't trade him because he's not on a team. But if he was, what would he be worth? Well, it's pretty simple. He's available right now, and nobody's taking him, and they don't have to trade a single thing for him because nobody of the 32 teams, not one, wants him. The Green Bay Packers right now have the opportunity to take Isaiah Wilson, and 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 well, I, I you can't even say trade love because. Why? I mean, they could cut Wilson and, or cut Love and bring Wilson on, but they're not doing that. Should they do that? Do you think, Mr. CBS, 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 they should do that? Just cut Jordan Love and bring in Isaiah Wilson? Would that be better? Because according to this, it would be better. How about this one, Jeff Gladney? Anybody have any idea what his value is right now? From prison? Quote, sources told CBS 11 News that Gladney became upset over the woman's text messages and demanded to see her phone. At one point, sources said the accuser threw her phone out the window on Elam Road, but that Gladney stopped to get it. An arrest affidavit claimed he tried, quote, shoving her face toward her phone to try to use her phone's face ID to unlock it. And later, quote, pulling her by her hair to hold her still in order to get face ID to work. The accuser then said Gladney began to strike her with closed fists, causing pain in the side of her ribs, in her stomach and back, and hitting her open hand across the head. Then she told detectives the two returned to an apartment complex in Dallas where she said Gladney, quote, began strangling her by the neck, which impeded her breathing for approximately five seconds, and later grabbed her by the hair while the vehicle was still moving and dragged her across the ground. The woman said she was able to break free and get into a vehicle with an unknown passenger. Detectives documented bruising on her head, ears, and torso. She also reportedly said had scratches on her face and neck and abrasions on her knees. Yeah, you know, I don't know about the whole Jordan Love is the worst pick in the first round take. Again, let's start with that can we start there perhaps oh i i i didn't mean that the number three overall pick by the detroit lions was jeffrey okuda jeffrey okuda was one of the worst cornerbacks in the nfl last year and you're telling me that a guy that we haven't seen play yet is a bigger bust and a worse pick now maybe jeff okuda becomes good but why do we give him that credit and not jordan love Why is it better to take a swing on a—and I'll tell you why. It's because the media said that Jeff Okuda was a good pick. The media said that was a good idea. The media said Jordan Love was a bad pick. They can't let stuff go. They are so unbelievably arrogant as to never let go of their own opinions. If I said it was right, it was right. Either that or they, they move off of it and act as though they never said otherwise. But they can't say that Jeff Okuda was a worse pick because then they would look stupid. Because Jordan Love is supposed to be a bad pick, the Packers are supposed to take a wide receiver, and Detroit was brilliant in taking Jeffrey Okuda, one of the greatest cornerback prospects we've seen in decades. You notice how you don't hear about Jeff Okuda anymore? Again, do you know why? I I promise you. If the media at large had said Jeff Okuda was a second round pick and they took him in the first and he ended up being as bad as he was, you would have heard about it constantly. How terrible of a pick it was. How how you know, off, you know, no wonder the Lions are so terrible. But because they said it was a good idea, because they agreed with the Lions, it's all hush hush. You don't hear a word about Nathan, about Nathan 42 overall grade. His best game was against Jacksonville. He had a 66 overall grade. That's it. A 66. He had a 28 overall grade against Green Bay because he just got torched. He just got embarrassed. Three games in the 60s is the best he did. He had a 30.9 overall coverage grade. 30.9. He only played nine games. He gave up 580 yards. Now, listen, I'm not calling him a bust because I'm not an idiot. And I'm going to say that Jeff Okuda has talent, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. It's possible he busts out because that happens. As much as we never want to admit that, no, 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 he was a first-round pick. He's going to be elite. I'm willing to wait. But as of right now, he looks like garbage, like hot garbage. Andrew Thomas, fourth overall selection. Number one, I mean, he, he went possibly, probably earlier than Sewell is going to go. 62 overall grade. The man gave up 10 sacks. 10. That's by himself. I'm not talking about the Giants team throughout the year. I'm talking about him by himself. He gave up 57 pressures. 57! <laughs> Jawan Taylor is the only guy to give up more pressures, and it was 58. He gave up 57. The next highest, Terrence Steele, 48. There's almost a 10 pressure difference. The most sacks given up by any player in the NFL was Andrew Thomas with 10. That's it. Nobody gave up 10 except Andrew Thomas, the number four overall pick. Now, I I, I feel like I'm making two points here. Mr. CBS, CBS, CBS is an idiot for saying that. And number two, this whole idea of first round picks being elite and you're an idiot if you don't take this player because then it would have saved us. We would have won the Super Bowl if you would have taken a different player at 29. You can't find good football players. By the way, the quarterbacks are okay, but none of these guys changed the world. The Bengals drafted Joe Burrow. The Joe, the, the Bengals were a joke. No, it's not because of Joe Burrow. He was fine. Seems like he's going to be a pretty good quarterback, and they got to build around him and all that stuff. But it didn't change anything. Justin Herbert was decent. He was pretty good, and they would need to get more help. But he, I mean, I don't. He wasn't a top ten quarterback. Tua was nowhere near that. He was barely mediocre for the Dolphins. How about Derek Brown? Another f- absolute freak. Twenty three years old, 6'5", 3'18", taken number seven overall by the Carolina Panthers. Going to bring some beef. To that defensive line. 61 overall grade. 54 is his run defense grade. And he had 34 pressures on 466 attempts. So pretty quick math. He's not even close to 10%. And he had two sacks on the season. Two. Two. We want to talk about Rashawn Gary being a bust. This guy was number seven overall, one of the best defensive line prospects we've seen in a very long time. All the, you know, we've heard all this stuff. Oh, he's he's just a freak. Two sacks. And he played the entire year. He's played more snaps this year than Rashawn has ever played in a single season. And he only got two sacks and 34 pressures. But again, Packer fans are so obsessed with Brian Gudekunst and how much they hate him. They won't look at stuff like this. They refuse to look at anything like this. We're in our own little tiny little bubble of hatred. We can't look outside our bubble. We can't see what's going on. Rashawn Gary, worst pick ever. Jordan Love, worst pick ever. It's amazing. Oh, and and Savage, barely even worth it. I haven't listed. I'm going in order, and I have listed nothing of substance. I'm skipping over quarterbacks, partially because it's, I mean, again, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert were solid. Certainly didn't really help their teams. The Chargers and Bengals are still hot garbage. But, you know, I, I'm not mad about the picks. How about one of my favorites, Mr. Isaiah Simmons? Now, I said last year, I don't get it, but I'll concede because whatever. Fine. I, I, what we heard about Isaiah Simmons, by the way, the man is so good. He could line up at corner. He could play edge. He could play off-ball linebacker. He could play safety. He's that good. You put him anywhere on the field, he's that good. Freak linebacker. Put him anywhere you want. You know where the Cardinals wanted him? They wanted him on the bench. He played a grand total of 376 snaps. 376. He had a 59 overall grade, 57 run defense, 54 pass rush. Thought he was real good at that. 69 in coverage, 76 tackling. He gave up 239 yards despite hardly playing at all. He gave up five touchdowns. Five. Had one interception, one pass breakup. 121.9 passer rating when targeted. What happened to this absolute freak? By the way, he didn't have a single good game from Week 12 on. The only game in which he was graded as elite is the one game where he played five total snaps. So, in other words, you would probably just scrap that one. What happened? I thought Isaiah Simmons was some kind of freak. He didn't even play for his own team. Jordan Hicks was the number one linebacker. Devondre Campbell was the number two linebacker. Isaiah Simmons was number three. And by the way, massive difference between them. Jordan Hicks, 1,024 snaps. Devondre Campbell, 880. Isaiah Simmons, 376. A distant third. How about the next corner? C.J. Henderson, 57 overall grade. Wow, great. Didn't play the whole season. Played uh, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Despite only playing eight games, gave up 390 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm literally literally going in order. This is pick nine. We're just looking at the top ten. This is pick nine. He's not good. Again, maybe he will be, but we're not allowed to do that, according to CBS, CBS, CBS. We make assessments based on what we know right now, and we don't give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe things will be better in the future. And again, even if it it was a terrible pick because he didn't help contribute, none of these guys helped contribute. The difference between C.J. Henderson and Jordan Love is Jordan Love might be the next great quarterback of the NFL. What's the best case scenario for C.J. Henderson? Even if both of them are at the top of their craft, guess who wins? The quarterback wins because the quarterback is more important than cornerbacks. It's more important than any position in the NFL. Jedrick Wills, number 10 overall, 62 overall grade, not very good. Brown's offensive line was solid, not this guy. Give up four sacks, five hits, 11 pressure. I mean, it's it's not terrible. I mean, if you draft a guy, and I mean, if we draft somebody and he has a 62 overall grade, I'm not going to be super mad about it, especially when it's the back of the first, somewhat competent, not the end of the world. I mean, at least he wasn't a sieve, fine. But, I mean, number 10 overall, and he was just kind of decent. And the only reason he averaged out as average is because he was a good pass blocker and a terrible run blocker. 77 pass block, 52 run blocking. I mean, are, are you getting it? Mackay Becton was solid. There you go. Number 11 overall was our first real humdinger of a pick. Again, maybe outside of a couple of the quarterbacks. 6'7", 369. Tore it up, man. Real solid. Great job, Jets. You got one. Henry Ruggs, first wide receiver taken. Remember what we heard about Henry Ruggs? The guy runs in the 4-2s. He's blazing fast, but he's different than all the other guys that run 4-2s. He's not like those guys because this guy's actually a good route runner, and he's actually got really good hands. No, he's actually really terrible. Henry Ruggs had a 54 overall grade, 55 receiving, 53 drop grade, 23 overall fumbling grade, meaning he puts the ball on the ground a lot. He ended the season, despite being a deep threat, with 452 yards and two touchdowns. Only once did he have a good grade against anybody, and that was against Kansas City, 78 overall, 118 yards and a touchdown. That's it. Contested catch rate is 30%. And again, his next highest grade after Kansas City was week one when he had a 63 overall grade. This was the number one wide receiver taken. Remember? 4-2 speed. Remember how he's 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 better than that, though? He's gonna be a smooth route runner and all that that that, 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 that. what happened? Where's the media? Where's all the where's all the draftnicks hyping this guy up? Where'd they go? Oh, well, they just move on to the next year. They leave all their takes behind. Tristan Wirfs, fantastic pick. Well done, Tampa Bay. One of the better offensive linemen as a rookie. That's Real high-quality stuff, especially at pick 13. Fantastic job. Well done. How about Javon Kinlaw? Remember that guy? Now, if you've been listening, you remember me saying, I don't get it. I don't like him. He's supposedly a real good pass blocker, but this guy gets thrown on his head like he's nothing. But, oh, man, some guys had Javon as, as just, I mean, we're talking top ten, best defensive lineman. I'd take Javon Kinlaw over anybody, 6'6", 3'10", freak of a pass rusher. 54 overall grade, 46 run defense, 58 pass rush, 19 pressures on 341 attempts and two sacks. Where's all the Javon Kinlaw love? But, it's, it, see, the thing is, it's not trendy. And if, this, if Mr. CBS 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 said, hey, let's revisit Javon Kinlaw, if he came out with a hot take about Javon Kinlaw, he wouldn't get any respect out of that. Because it's not trendy to pick on the 49ers. Because the 49ers are brilliant, Brian Gutekunst is an idiot. This is all about being trendy. This isn't about being right. Which, by the way, encapsulates 2021 in a nutshell. Nobody gives a crap about being correct. It's about having the right opinion. The correct and approved opinion. That's what today is about, and that's exactly what the sports media does as well. You could easily look at Javon Kinlaw and say, this was the worst pick, which would be completely wrong, but hey, remember when you guys said Javon Kinlaw was going to be great? Looks like you're all stupid. The problem is, again, you don't pick on the 49ers. All the media said Javon Kinlaw was going to be great, so you're attacking your friends, and they're going to be mad at you, and they're not going to retweet you, and they're not going to like your tweets, and it's just going to be aghast, like, why would you say that? Ugh, what a gross take. Ugh. But you pick on the Packers, right, in support of Aaron Rodgers and in support of getting a wide receiver, which is such a tired narrative. Anti-Brian Gutekunst, oh my good. oh, that's a great take. What a brilliant take. Forget the guy that beat a woman and dragged her with a car. No, 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 no. forget that. Go after Jordan Love as the worst pick in the first round. Oh, Because remember, that was their take after the draft, so they're just riding that. It's Again, they're no different than anybody else, but it may be even more more so in terms of just trying to be trendy, because a big part of the business that I've gotten myself in is being trendy, right? You want stuff to catch fire, and a lot of times that's just saying stupid stuff and saying approved opinions, which is why I'm going to struggle to get to the tippy top of what I'm doing, because I'm not doing that. I'm not going to tell you Isaiah Simmons is a great linebacker like all the other guys are going to pretend that he is, or Patrick Queen. Oh my goodness, worst linebacker in the NFL, folks, worst in the NFL. And you have people today that if they had the opportunity to go back and change picks, they would take Patrick Queen because they just they're they've, they're demented. They just have this issue in their brain where they can't let it go. We would be better with a linebacker than a quarterback. Better with a linebacker than a quarterback. Forget the fact that Patrick Queen is literally the worst in the NFL. He'd be on the bench. Forget the fact that there's still a possibility, even if it's a 10% chance, that he is the next great Packers quarterback. They still would make that trade because, again, need a linebacker, don't need a quarterback, need a linebacker, don't need a quarterback. Their, their depth of thought is so shallow, it wouldn't even splash if you jumped in it. Shall we continue? Oh, boys and girls, we got a good one next at pick 15. One of the best route runners we've seen in a generation. This guy is something else. I'll tell you what. He's going to be one of the greats. He's 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 Jerry Rice good. I mean, I, I you can't even find a comp. You got to go to Jerry. Which, by the way, Jerry, Jerry Judy. We're talking about wide receiver out of Alabama, 65 overall grade. His best game was an 80. That was his final game of the year. Um, seven targets, five receptions, 140 yards and a touchdown. Well done. The only other game in which he had a 70 was against the Jets, 61 yards and a touchdown. Everything else was 60s, 50s, and a 40 sprinkled in. Terrible drop grade, 28.5. Why? Probably because he had 12 drops on the season. Not bad throws. Remember, PFF tracks that stuff. If it's a bad throw, they don't count it as a drop. He had 12 drops by himself. It's not great, Bob. Now, again, because I have to keep reminding people because this is just how, you know, how it works when you interact with people that don't know how to argue, think, whatever. I'm not saying he's not going to become a good wide receiver. I'm playing your game. Your game is judge people on this snapshot, judge people as rookies, and then come to wildly stupid opinions. Fine, my wildly stupid opinion, Jerry Judy was the worst pick ever. And all the hype was stupid and this guy's garbage and they should cut him and probably put him in jail for for being a fraud. Fraud is against the law, by the way. A lot of first-round picks should be in prison. Uh, I mean, A.J. Terrell, cornerback for the Falcons. Falcons fans like him. He was mediocre. I mean, you're probably not super mad about it, but his stats and whatnot weren't great. How about C.D. Lamb for the Dallas Cowboys? What a great pick that was, which, again, highlights the hilarity of uh, casual fan Twitter, which, by the way, includes the media. The media is is like the leader of the casual fan club, which that actually works quite nicely. Casual fan, fan club, casual fan club. Man, this uh, purple monster really hits, doesn't it? I got, this is the one that makes you angry. It's like the tequila of energy drinks, or in my case, the uh, the whiskey of energy drinks. Always made me angry. I don't know why. But again, same thing. CeeDee Lamb, fantastic player. They already had two really good wide receivers. They could have used offensive line. They could have used linebacker, defensive line. Could have used another edge rusher, safety, cornerback. But no, 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 no. CeeDee Lamb, let's get a third wide receiver. And everybody praised it. It's not even on their list of needs. It's one of the few things they don't need, and they draft one, and everybody loved it. Because you can never draft a wide receiver, and people will be mad at you ever. If Dallas drafts another wide receiver, you might get a couple sideways looks, but overall, oh man, this is going to be great. Because who doesn't need a fourth wide receiver? Plus, they'll be looking at so and so under only under contract for another year. It's a brilliant pick. Brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Jerry Jones is a genius. The C.D. Lamb wasn't bad, 71 overall grade, massively overhyped. Everybody thought he was one of the greatest, blah, blah, blah. And he came on real strong at the end, which to me would indicate, I mean, if I was being serious, if I were to step away from my shtick right now, I'd say this is a fantastic sign. Started off real slow, starting at about week 11, he really heated up, and he had two bad games down the stretch from there against Washington and the Giants. I would say he's probably going to continue to be a good wide receiver, good blocker, good hands, good everything. Fine, great. But 71 overall, certainly not as good as he was hyped, was he? How about Austin Jackson, offensive tackle for Miami? How about no? 52 overall grade, four sacks, five hits, 29 hurries, 38 pressures given up. Terrible football player. I'm looking directly into his eyeballs when I say that they should draft Sewell. They probably won't, but they should, and I'm looking right at Austin Jackson. They're drafting another tackle in the second round. Kick him into guard, put Austin Jackson at right tackle, put Sewell at left tackle, and guess what? You'll have a grand total of one good offensive lineman. See, and I love doing this because, again, you knew these names. You remember when I say them, you remember 2020 and thinking, I'd love to have that guy. But since then, you've completely forgotten. All you think about is Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. Uh, took a running back too early. Stupid. We already have running backs. Tight end. We have running. Tight end. It's too early. But you forgot about these guys, didn't you? Damon Arnett, 41 overall grade for the Raiders. Raiders are just batting a 1,000, aren't they? They are one of the most garbage drafting teams ever. Which makes sense, because I've been saying Mike Mayock is not, he's, I mean, you talk about a fraud. It's real smart. When you go into the, the media realm, he's top dog, right? He knows what he's talking about. You get into actual GM territory, I don't know, boss. How about Clavon Chason? Remember that guy? Ooh, so good. Six four, two fifty. speed for days, bendy, whatever, 49 overall grade garbage. How about Jalen Rager? I loved Jalen Rager. I was wrong. That was one of my picks for the Packers, but 64 overall grade, eh, sorry, not good enough. One game in the 70s, that's it. Justin Jefferson, freak, way to go Minnesota. There's basically two freaks in this entire first round. Well, I should. I, I completely forgot about Chase Young. I, my bad, Chase Young's very good. I did skip him. I thought I was going in order, but I didn't. I completely skipped. So Chase Young and Justin Jefferson are the two freaks, and a couple quarterbacks are decent, and uh, Tristan Wurfs probably deserves a little bit more credit than he gets. He's very good. How about Kenneth Murray? is another guy that I really like. Now, granted, I said he's probably going to be bad, but I like him anyways. Kind of the same thing I'm saying about the linebackers in this draft class. I'll be excited if we draft a linebacker, even though they're probably going to be bad. Kenneth Murray, 54 overall grade, 60 run defense, 59 pass rush, 50.8 coverage. Well done. Gave up 415 yards and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Had, uh, you know, a bunch of tackles, nine missed tackles, et cetera, et cetera. Just uh, not quite average, but maybe someday, with a lot of practice, he'll be an average linebacker. Cesar Ruiz, best interior offensive lineman. The Saints took him. Made a lot of sense. One of the few things they needed was an interior guy. They took him. I thought it was a perfect pick, uh, and it was based on need. But 53 overall grade, 42 run blocking, 57 pass blocking. The guy's not good at all. He might be later, but he's not right now. Brandon Ayuk. 80 overall grade, solid, well done, good one. 49ers got one, not Kinlaw, but uh, Ayuk later, solid. Then you get Jordan Love, which all it says next to Jordan Love, TBD, right? That's it, to be determined. We don't know, haven't seen him play yet. Might be bad, which would make sense considering 95% of all these players have been really, really bad. So if Jordan Love is really bad, guess what? He's just one of the many, many players that are bad. And the Packers, like almost every team, missed on their first-round picks. That's it. But that still doesn't make it the worst pick. Because, first of all, it's all the way down here at pick 26. How does that compare to missing on a cornerback at pick three? But beyond that, we have no information to even say he's bad. We don't know that. Seattle took Jordan Brooks. That's an absolute joke. He was one of my least favorite linebackers. They took him in the first round. I wouldn't have taken him in the fifth. Then you got Patrick Queen, right? This guy is just something else. He's 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 just an absolute freak. Literally, literally the worst linebacker in all of football. Literally. Not hyperbole. The other one called literally. 29 overall grade. 29 run defense. 34 tackling. 30 in coverage. He had 23 missed tackles. 23. How do you miss 23 tackles, dude? He only played 18 games. That's more than one a game. He gave up 554 yards and five, five, count them, five touchdowns. Had one pick, one pass breakup, 120.8 passer rating when targeted. He's not good against the run. He's terrible at tackling, and he's garbage in coverage. That's Patrick Queen. Then again, Isaiah Wilson, psychotic out of the NFL. Well, that's not nice. You shouldn't make fun of him, mental health. I don't think he actually is. I think he's stupid. I mean he he's just choosing not to go to practice. He's got millions of dollars sitting on the table. He's like, "Nope, not going." So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to talk trash cuz he's an idiot. He didn't do anything illegal. He's got talent. He went through all of that work as a child, high school, college, and he goes to the NFL and is like, "Man, I quit." <laughs> okay. Noah Igbenogany, cornerback taken at 30, 37 overall grade. Well done. Jeff Gladney, currently in prison, then Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which is a guy that you notice how they don't talk about him quite as much anymore. At the beginning of the season, it was like, oh my goodness, this is one of the greatest running backs we've ever seen in our entire lives. He is just a freak. He's so good. Um, I did a top five running back, rookie running back thing. A.J. Dillon was number two. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not on the list. The second round, the guy that we took in the second round that hardly played was better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as were, uh, am I lying about I might be lying about that. Maybe he was on the list. Either way, still not as good. Now, to be fair, the grades were close, but again, Packers get no credit. They took a guy in the second round that everybody said was a stupid pick. And by the way, you want to have a good take on something? How about the fact that this guy, how brilliant the Packers are. A.J. Dillon was supposed to be, what, a third-round pick? Like a late third-round pick, maybe? The Packers took him in the second. The the Chiefs did the easy thing. They took the—and that's one of the easiest things you can do, taking a first-round running back. That's the one thing the Raiders got right. They got a real good running back in the first round. That's that's laziness. That's boring. You know, if the Steelers want a big hit, just take Travis Etienne. Right? Just, okay, cool, or or uh, Harris or whatever. Great. Well done. You got a good running back. It doesn't really help fix your team, but congratulations. I'm sorry, you don't get bonus points because you took a running back in the first round. And by the way, again, all that hype about uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, because after that first game, 138 yards and a touchdown, everybody wanted to go, he's a freak, he's a freak, he's a freak, he's a freak, he's a freak. And then that kind of faded for a while. Does anybody mention it? Does anybody talk about it? No, we don't talk about it. Because the approved opinion is, this was a brilliant pick and the Chiefs are unstoppable now. Just like the approved opinion is that A.J. Dillon was a stupid pick. The Packers are stupid in 2020. Uh, Goody Cuts is one of the biggest jokes in the NFL, despite the fact that everybody said A.J. Dillon shouldn't go in the second round. They took him in the second round anyways, and he was the second highest graded running back of any running back in 2020. The man only played one full game, one. He had 21 attempts for 124 yards, 5.9-yard average, two touchdowns. On the season, despite the fact that he faced stacked boxes constantly, he had 5.2 yards per carry. He had 3.44 yards after contact. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 4.5 yards per carry. Again, compare that to 5.2. Three yards after contact compared to 3.44, 3.03. I guess I'll give him credit for the 3 He had five rushing touchdowns on uh, 196 attempts. Uh, A.J. Dillon had two on 55 attempts. (laughs) Uh, Missed tackles. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 39 missed tackles for us. That's pretty solid. If we look at 39 divided by 196 attempts, that's almost 20%. Uh, So uh, almost one in five times when he runs the ball, ball, he's going to make somebody miss. That's pretty impressive. A.J. Dillon only had 17 missed tackles, but if we take 17 divide that by his 55 rushing attempts that's 30.9%. So we're getting close to one in three times when he touches the ball he's making somebody miss. With all those attempts Clyde Edwards-Helaire's longest rush was 30 yards, AJ or 31 yards AJ Dillon's was 30. Percentage of yards that came by way of breakaway runs. And again, remember, the Chiefs are going to spread it out and they're much more worried about guys like Tyreek and whatnot, but when AJ Dillon was on the field they worried about AJ Dillon. What percentage of the yards came by way of breakaways? which are, I believe, 15-yard runs or more. Clyde edwards helaire 22% of his yards came by way of breakaway. 23.8% of A.J. Dillon's yards came by way of breakaway runs. Again, this big, heavy, plodding, 250-pound guy that's faced stacked boxes got almost a quarter of his yards on breakaway runs. And then if we look at elusiveness rating, which takes into a place things like uh, missed tackles, forced, and whatnot, um, Clyde edwards helaires elusiveness rating was a 67. A.J. Dillon's elusiveness rating was a 112. Why doesn't Gutekunst get credit for that? Why does he get trashed for that? This is a guy that should not have been drafted in the second round. Nobody said—because you know what? The Packers don't give a crap what these guys think. And good thing, because they're obviously pretty dumb. The Packers don't care. They scout players. They watched A.J. Dillon, and they said, this guy is a freak. It's not about, you know, where's he going to play? We got all these guys in front of him, and it doesn't matter. Trust the board. The guy's incredible. He should be long gone by now. He's by far the best guy on the board. Just take him. So they don't care about the scrutiny. They don't care about Packer fans who are going to trash him for, and as long as Brian Gutekunst is alive. They don't care because their job is to build the best team that they can for the Green Bay Packers, for you, the Packer fan. And they're doing a very good job. By the way, A.J. Dillon was a hit. Josiah DeGuara looks pretty talented. Kamal Martin was a hit very, very few times, despite the fact that rarely does a GM pick players that are good. Brian Gutekunst does not have very many misses, so everybody trashing Jordan Love should keep that in mind. Almost every single pick was a hit. His first pick in this draft, by the way, he's done very good with first-round picks. His first-round pick, which correlates with he's good in the first round and he was very good in 2020, and right at the intersection of those two things is Jordan Love, and you're going to take a shot at Jordan Love and say today that that guy's going to be a bust. You're going to put your money on that one? All right, you go ahead. You go right ahead. I'm not going to do it. Again, if he misses, it doesn't bother me. I just listed off the entire first round of 2020 Almost every single one, with the exception of maybe five guys, are pretty bad. I mean, just just bad. And so if the Packers miss, the Packers miss. So what? Everybody misses. So what? The only question is, did they miss, or do we have the next great Packers quarterback? Those are the only two things, and neither one of those is going to be earth-shattering. I mean, in, in the negative. Neither one of those is going to be just this horrific revelation. People miss in the first round all the time, especially the back of the first round when you're basically taking second round prospects. Who cares? You just want them to miss on a lesser prospect. Well, if you're going to miss, miss on a wide receiver or a linebacker. No, no. If you're going to miss, miss big. The Packers are not going to have hardly any opportunities to draft Aaron Rodgers' backup because they're too good. Never are they going to have opportunities. They see a guy that they think can be a great quarterback that actually made it all the way to them. They went and got him. That's what you're supposed to do. Good for you. You guys got it backwards, man. Oh, I don't feel better. I don't at all. Maybe a little bit I do. <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable to me. Again, if you get some random person, I, you got Adam on Twitter. Who I think I finally blocked. I don't know. I've never blocked anybody ever, but I finally just had enough with that guy. Because he's just so stupid. But you know what? He's just some random guy who doesn't even have a profile picture. He's probably a listener that is, I probably know him in the Facebook group, but he's trying to pretend to be somebody else. Well, I don't know what the deal is. Who cares? I can take it as long as I can take it, and then I'm just going to block you. But again, this is your full-time job, and the problem is this is what we want. This is what pays. This is how he gets ahead in his career, is to put out garbage like this, and it's unbelievable that we've built a system that way. We reward that. Well, you rewarded it by retweeting it. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And even so, fine. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care. Because remember, I'm, I'm a part of it, too. <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, I'm kind of trashing myself. I should be doing more hot takey stuff. And, and listen, I don't mind controversial opinions. But if you're going to be controversial, be a freaking man and stand on a controversial opinion that nobody agrees with. Why don't you try being that kind of controversial? As opposed to being the controversial in which my hot take is literally what everybody else just agrees with. You're such a pathetic coward. Stand alone. Walk away from everybody and say, you know what, they're wrong. Here's a hot take over here. I'm not saying just do it for the sake of doing it. I'm just saying just follow the facts. And say what they are. It's the simplest job in the world. Here's information. Here you go, everybody that's listening. Here you go, everybody that follows me on Twitter. Here's everybody that reads my stuff on CBS, CBS, and also CBS. Here's some facts. I spent five minutes doing homework because that's my frickin' job. And here's some information that you probably didn't know. Here you go. Nope. Instead, what I'm going to do with my time is I'm going to come up with a tweet that says, Green Bay picking Jordan Love was the worst pick of the first round last year. It remains the worst pick a year later. And a year from now, it'll continue to be the worst pick. He goes on to say, which is ridic- absolutely insane, also blanket caveat that Love himself is not a bust by any stretch of the imagination. The, what are you talking about? Well, because they could have won a Super Bowl if they drafted a wide receiver. That is such a stupid and dense thought. You would be saying the same thing about the Chiefs if the Chiefs had drafted a you know, not a quarterback, but anybody else. They should have drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Then they would have won the Super Bowl. Oh, wait. It only works if we can pretend something, because we don't actually have the information. But yet, if we actually look at, at, at sample sizes of that exact information, how about a team that's already there just adding more ammunition? Ooh, that's how you win Super Bowls, right? Don't make responsible t- picks like the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking tackles. No, no, no. Make, make just wild, crazy picks like wide receiver or running back, and then you run it down their throat. How are you going to stop the Chiefs? How are you going to do it, man? How you gonna do? It? How about the Dallas Cowboys getting a third wide receiver? That's how you do it. That's how you GM, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. Jerry Judy. Mmm, son. Slap some barbecue sauce on that. Slurp it up with a straw. Mmm. Derek Brown's gonna revolutionize that team. Gonna anchor that defense, right? Anchor. We love that word because it's a big, heavy hunk of freaking metal. You can't move it. I mean you can, usually, but they're heavy. And you got to put energy into pushing him around, which is seemingly what happened in Carolina. People put energy into it and pushed him out of the way and ran right through him. If you don't think it was the right pick, that's fine. If you would have picked somebody else, that's fine. So would I, by the way. I wanted Jalen Rager. I would have been happy with Patrick Queen. I would have been happy with, uh, what do we got here? Who was the other guy that I liked? Where did he go? Oh, Kenneth Murray. Now, granted, Kenneth Murray and um, Jalen Rager were already gone, so Patrick Queen was kind of the last guy left on my list that I really liked. Would I go back and change it? No. If I could go back and change it, would I? No. I wouldn't. With the with the possible exception of Justin Jefferson, who was not in our range, no, I wouldn't, because I trust the pro- I trust Brian Gutekunst, and I actually like the idea of possibly having I I I for some reason maybe I don't know what it is. I have fear of the years to come whenever Aaron Rodgers leaves. I have fear. Because as of right now, if we don't have a quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers, whenever he leaves, we're in a lot of trouble. We may be floundering for a decade, for two decades. Possibly the rest of my entire life might be dark era for the Green Bay Packers. And I don't want to live through that. I've never lived through that. I'm 34 years old. I don't remember anything other than Green Bay Packers dominance. Brian Gudekunz took a swing at possibly erasing a 30-year era of darkness and death and horrible disease and chaos. I don't know how disease factors in, but it just felt like the right thing to say right there, so that's what I said. He took a swing at it. Maybe he's going to miss, but what on earth could possibly be more important than that? Winning a Super Bowl should have got uh, T. Higgins, because then he would have caught a pass and we would have won the Super Bowl. I I don't understand how that works. Number one offense in the NFL. I'm sorry, that wasn't the problem. We've been over this a thousand times. They were a good enough team to win. They just fell apart. I'm sorry, but if your entire team and the best players on your team decide not to show up in the NFC Championship game, T. Higgins ain't fixing jack squat. Justin Jefferson wouldn't have won us that game. Nobody, not one player anywhere, would have won us that game because everybody fell apart. And that's assuming that Justin Jefferson doesn't also fall apart in that game and just suddenly have his worst game of the year. That's assuming that, which we can't do. No, I don't have a problem with possibly trying to solve the eminent problem of 10 years minimum of darkness for the Green Bay Packers. I don't have a problem with that. And if you're going to miss, fine, but please try and please keep trying. In fact, do your best to assess how good Jordan Love is. And if he's not it... Move on and get another one and another one and another one. We need a quarterback. We have to have a quarterback because Aaron Rodgers does not have very much longer. We don't have long to solve this problem, and we're not going to be picking in the top five anytime soon unless there's some catastrophic injury that happens to Aaron Rodgers. And we get, you know, first overall pick, and we realize, listen, Jordan Love is garbage. He played the whole season. He's terrible. Fine. We get an early pick. Guess what? I want to use a pick on a quarterback in the, in the top five. I do. I know you don't. That's fine because all you care about is winning a Super Bowl in the next 2-3 years and after that you couldn't care less. Just burn the world down. I who cares? I don't I don't operate that way and if that's what you want, fine. That's that's great. I don't agree. I agree with with uh, Brian Gutekunst that isn't everything isn't just about today. If, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. It's also why I don't use heroin. I heard it's great. By the way, I've heard it's fantastic. I'm going to have a great several minutes with heroin. The problem is the rest of my 30 years on this planet being miserable before I die in an alley somewhere. That's, that's sort of the problem that I'm trying to avoid. Does that make sense? Anyways, um, we should take a break. <laughs> I don't want to stop talking, but we're 40-some minutes in, and I got 20 minutes left, and we haven't taken a break yet, so I got I to gotta cut it off at some point. I think I've, I think I've made my point. By the way, um, these, these are dark days for me, because every time I see somebody like that, I realize they get paid to do that job. They get to wake up and stay in their house and go into their basement and, and pull up some stuff on their computer and just write articles and talk football, and they get paid for that. And um, I kind of want that. If you have any interest in helping me to get to that goal, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. It's a big uphill climb, but uh, the biggest number one thing is help grow the show. If we get the show to about three times the size that it is, which is not all that hard, I need about 2% of Madison to listen to this show, and I can pretty much quit my job. 2% of just Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> That's it. So th- there's, there's, there's plenty of Packer fans out there. That's not the issue. It's funny. I actually talked to somebody yesterday about the fact that I do a podcast, and they're like, oh, what website is that on? What do you... Ta-? This person was like early 20s. I don't know what you mean. Well, what website is, is your podcast on? Is it like on... Uh... I was like, it's a podcast. like, I know, but what website? It's like, I don't know what that means. Like, well, is it on like Twitch or where do you do your web, your podcast? It's like, no, you have to have a podcast app. And you don't know how this works. I thought young people were supposed to, I, I need to explain this to old people. You're 20 years old. There's a lot of people that just don't know. So if you got to do some education, do some education. But we got we to gotta jack those numbers up. And if again, if you want to support me directly, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Again, if we get everybody that listens to the show to give just a dollar a month, that's another way we can get there. And that'll just about get us there. So again, if you're if you're on the fence, I would ask that you please consider it. Obviously, some of you are not in the financial situation to do that. That's fine. If you are, it's just a buck, man. It's just a dollar. It's one dollar. You don't. You literally don't even have to cut anything out of your budget to do that. It's not like, well, if we cancel the gym membership, we can make that work. It's Like, no, stay, stay going to the gym. It's fine. You're good, man. You don't, you. I I'm guessing you're good with that. But anyways, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. So it's kind of hard to follow that up, and usually I like to do the non-Packers-related stuff kind of at the beginning, get that out of the way, kind of general NFL newsy stuff, and then move on to more um, juicy, juicy, juicy content. Probably shouldn't do that because, you know, people hear about NFL content and then leave, and I want people to stick around, but um, that's how I do it, you know? Go start with the fries and then move on to the burger kind of thing. I'm stubborn. I'm stuck in my ways. I can't help it. I want to address the thing that I talked about with Justin Fields, and I wanted to tread lightly on that because I know that there are people who are listening that have been afflicted by that, and so I didn't want to be too definitive. And as expected, I did have some people reach out um, with differing opinions. I will say that the most thorough opinion given, and again, you can't really find this in the media because the the general opinion, and to be fair, they probably don't know much about it, so they're taking the advice of what's being told to them, and they're just leaving that alone, and they definitely don't want to trash a promising young draft prospect when they don't really know, and, and and I think that's the responsible thing to do. They shouldn't be blowing this thing out of proportion. I'm fine with that part of it. However, I'm concerned. Now, there is an article that um, that was published by uh, NFL.com, whatever. This is via Oh, These auto pop-up things, You, I will kill you. I will just murder you in your sleep. Talking about a video, it's not a real thing. Not not the people, not Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport. Why does it take two of you to write this article? I, and none of you wrote this. So one, some intern wrote this and you slapped your name on it. Shame on you. Anyways, it, it's just it kind of talks about it in general terms and kind of just brushes it off like, nah, he's going to be fine. It says, sources say teams became aware during the pre-draft process that Field manages epilepsy. That's fear number one. They didn't know watching his tape in college that this was a thing. This happened in uh pre-draft, whatever, right? We're getting prepared. We're having interviews, that kind of thing. This is when this information came out. So the idea that he could possibly slip is very real. It says sources say teams became aware during the pre-draft process that Fields manages epilepsy, a neurological disorder that can cause seizures, but hasn't affected Fields' football career. And doctors are confident he'll grow out of it as his other family members have. First of all... Again, they're putting a positive spin on it, but grow out of it means it's still an issue. Diagnosed as a youth, Fields has seen his symptoms get shorter and less frequent over time. He doesn't have seizures as long as he takes his medicine, a source says. He's uh, projected blah, 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 blah. So he takes medicine. That's number two to consider, and we'll get to that in a minute when I read through what was sent to me. So he does have seizures, but if he takes his medicine, he hasn't had any issues. Then there's a very important paragraph here. Sources say team medical staffs have discussed Fields' treatment plan and whether any events during his NFL career, such as a concussion, could put him at greater risk. But Fields has no documented absence from games. Keep in mind, they don't address that directly. That's a very important question. Will concussions cause serious problems? They brush it off and say he doesn't have any documented absences. And they even ended that with he has no documented absences from games during a college career in which he was a Heisman Trophy finalist and two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year leading the Buckeye to a national championship. I get that he's accomplished. That doesn't answer the question. Well, yeah, I mean, he hasn't missed any days yet. Did he get a concussion? What happened when he got it? Oh, he didn't. So you didn't answer the question. Then his coach weighs in, says Justin's health, toughness, work ethic has never been an issue. I'm not questioning that. I understand. And that's another thing. That's kind of a touchy subject right now. Some people, for some reason, are trashing him and his work ethic and all that. And other people are like, that's ridiculous. So you you don't want to whatever. But again, that's not in question right now. I want to be very specific. This is very serious. His health is extremely serious. And I want the best for him. And I think he's incredibly talented. I think he should go number three, possibly number two overall, even though he probably isn't going to. I've liked him for a while. I I looked at his stats and everything, and I thought, this guy is going to be great. But this is serious, and this has to be taken seriously. And the fact that NFL.com is brushing it off, and I understand you don't want to just attack him for this, but we also don't want to brush it off. That's very dangerous. Quote, the fact that he has never missed a game at Ohio State speaks volumes about how he takes care of himself. That's fair, and I agree with that. He takes his medicine. He takes care of himself, all that stuff. That's great. Still doesn't address the question of how how much risk there is. And not just for him, also for the team. If there are episodes, if there are problems, what happens? Then they go on to talk about if he wouldn't be the first NFL player to excel with epilepsy. Pro Football Hall of Fame guard Alan Fenneca took medication to control seizures through his career. In 2007, Baltimore Ravens standout safety Samari Roll had three major seizures, keeping him out of six games before doctors corrected his medication and he returned to the team. So again, I understand they're trying to make it sound positive, but that sounds not great. He had three seizures during his NFL career that caused him to miss time, and then they had to jack up his medication. Again, we'll get to the medication. That's not a nothing thing. That's a serious thing. What medication, how much medication, and how that impacts your play. So again, these are major questions, but I want to put a, an exclamation point on this a little bit. And I want to, uh, this is from somebody who has epilepsy. They wrote quite a bit, and I want to just read it as, it, as it's laid out here. This is from at Draft Hobbyist on Twitter. He says, I listened to your podcast about Justin Fields having epilepsy. I'm 34 now, but I've had epilepsy since I was 15. I wanted to share my knowledge, but I'll say that this is a very, all caps, big deal. First, seizures can be all different. You uh, mentioned a girl that was triggered by light. I get mine from the electrical brainwave just randomly spiking. Seizures can be controlled with medicine, but the medicine, um, medicines have severe side effects. Um, I was put on 1500 milligrams of some kind of thing, Depakote, I think. Later reduced to a thousand because I was a walking zombie. If he's on medicine that makes him tired, then that could impact his play. Also, When I first came down with seizures, the first few questions were literally about if I had ever been hit in the head that I could remember, which I hadn't in a long time. They instantly told me I had to retire from football and couldn't play any contact sports. Even playing in gym class was something I could have opted out of. To say that epilepsy isn't a problem for football because it's controlled is literally laughable. A hit to the head can cause seizures, to my knowledge, no matter what type of epilepsy that you have." Then there's the question of what kinds of seizures does he have? I have grand mall where I lose consciousness and shake. Some people have petite mall where they just kind of stand in place. There are like six different kinds. Even a single grand mall seizure can kill someone if they fall and hit their head. And because of convulsing, it does a lot of brain damage. I also have serious concerns about Fields' ability to remember and learn. Seizures very often cause permanent memory uh, loss. If you can't remember, it's hard to learn. This would be a serious problem for a quarterback uh, he adds later, um, that reminds me of something. He used the term that he manages epilepsy. That usually means he still has seizures, but episodes are reduced in severity due to medication. If if the medication completely stopped the seizures, you would say your epilepsy is, quote, controlled usually. That's the language used. Managing means he has them, which makes sense, right? You don't manage it if if it's just gone managing in, in, in those terms generally means it's still happening, but we're, we're you know, it's getting better. Controlled is is, is controlled, right? I, I don't, it's, I still have epilepsy, but it's under control due to medication. It's worth noting some people have played with epilepsy, so you never know where he'll get taken for sure. That's why if you wanted to talk about, will we'll, we'll leave that last part out. But look, I don't know what the medical doctors are telling teams, but I, I might be off the San Francisco taking Justin Fields thing for this reason specifically. Now, if they're comfortable with it, if they have a better understanding of it, if they've talked to neurologists who have explained his specific kind and the kind of medicine he's on, and there doesn't seem to be any any permanent memory damage or anything to that effect, and they said that a concussion couldn't isn't going to kill him, which, I mean, that's about as serious as it gets, then okay. That, then Then we do it. But I mean, if it's even a little bit close between him and Mac Jones or him and Trey Lance, that's what they're going to do. And, and maybe that's where this is coming from. Maybe, the, you know, the guys that I, I talked about, Michael Lombardi saying they're not taking Justin Fields. Maybe this is part of the information he was privy to when he spoke so definitively about it. Maybe he has sources that not only said we're not taking him, but we're not taking him because he's not medically cleared and we took him off of our board. Again, that would be horrible and that would be devastating and it would be sad, but you could understand it. Could Justin Fields fall? A hundred percent. Could he fall massively? A hundred percent. Could he fall out of the first round? I, I The problem with that, I guess, well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say the problem with that is if he falls out of the first round and nobody took him in the first round, then everybody took him off the board. He's just not going to get drafted. But that's not generally the case. We've seen guys with health issues that end up getting drafted eventually. There's sort of a value to risk thing. Same thing with off-the-field issues, right? If you're not going to take them in the first round, you would assume you just took them off the board, but then guys will take them in the second or third round or whatever. They'll eventually say, okay, the value is too high. It's worth the risk. I have no idea what's going to happen. And again, I know nothing. I learned more about epilepsy from these messages thanks to Mr. Draft Hobbyist, and I hope you're okay with me reading all that. I apologize if that was private information. Should have asked you, but I didn't. Um, But it, it is very good information, and it is very important that people know this stuff. It's very serious. It's not a joke. And 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 again, I understand it's a fine line. You don't want to say this guy shouldn't be drafted. You don't want to trash or or harm his potential career. But I don't think it's responsible either to brush it off and say he'll be fine. I don't think it's okay to just brush it off as, well, other people have had it. And yeah, they had some seizures, but they took medication and then they were fine. So what's the big deal? It is a big deal. And again, I'll defer to the teams and the neurologists and their staff and everything to figure it out. But based on what I just learned... Is it possible he falls big and, and could possibly fall completely out of the first round? Yes, I think it is. Now, it's it's probably unlikely because you got the Bears and Washington sitting there. And because the, the quarterback situation is so terrible this year, and you, if you listen to Bears fans right now, they're thinking it's almost worth trading completely out of this first round or, or, excuse me, completely out of the rest of our picks just to move up and get a guy like Fields. This is the take prior to the seizure thing, but because it's just it's so bad. And, and their thought is we're going to take a quarterback. And he's not going to be good at all. So it would be better to just trade away all these picks and just go up and get somebody than to just take one of these horrible quarterbacks that are going to be overdrafted in the second, third, fourth round. So based on that, would they take a chance on Justin Fields? Probably. Which, I'm sorry, J.J., but it it, it is possible that he makes it um, far enough to where you've got teams like... And I, I could see New England kind of saying, no, this isn't this isn't our move right now. Because that's kind of the, the team right there that would intercept a quarterback making it to the Bears if they make it past new england yeah or maybe not even have to the bears would easily move could possibly easily move up and again i don't know what their staff and their trainers and everything else their excuse me doctors are going to say but um but it's it's, it's going to be interesting i hate to make it sound like all gamey like the draft is like oh man he's going to slip ooh where is he going to go uh, cuz it's 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 a serious thing but and, and again, I want for him to go early and make a lot of money, and we just forget about that this was ever a thing. And then people later trash me. Like, remember when idiots like Pac Daddy were all like, he's not going to be good because he has epilepsy? Remember when he said those exact words? Ugh. That's why I gave him one star and called him stupid on Twitter. Fine, good. I look forward to that. I can't wait because it means he's having a great career and he deserves it. I'm just saying, look out for that. And and if he slides, that's why. And, and and I also don't want it because you know what's going to happen. The narrative is going to be that there's some ulterior motive that's that's because of his race or because of, you know, unfounded things about his work ethic. No, it's medical. And that's going to be a very annoying narrative, too, if he starts to fall. But anyways, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, it's we're at an hour and it's five o'clock. Um, didn't talk about a ton, but, you know, got some good stuff off my chest. Now, remember weekends are for patrons so anybody that is a patron please send me your questions get in the discord put it in the questions section of that i am planning to be doing podcasts you know daily and whatnot but i would like to dedicate saturdays and sundays to the patrons so get your questions in your que- or, or even comments i want so and so fine throw it in there i'll run with that but uh, anyways i gotta get going you folks have yourselves a fantastic friday i will talk to you tomorrow have a good one bye-bye